It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Stock Car Show. And it is actually going to be our final episode of the Stock Car Show for a little while, at least. But it's not going to be the end of the show. We're just changing the name. Starting next week, this show will be known as Lead Lap, and that is really for the purposes of just being able to broaden the uh, depth of the sport that we cover on the show and kind of get the stock car phrase out of the name. Just a little house cleaning there. So same show next week, same time, just different name, Lead Lap, and uh, we'll be kicking that off on Mondays at 7 Eastern. Today, we are still doing the Stock Car Show, and we are live at HMS Motorsport in Mooresville, North Carolina, for our second appearance of the year here. Uh, Excited to be back, as always, HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety and great supporters of what we do uh, with Race Chaser Media, and we're really happy to come back and uh, join them again for another couple of hours of motorsports conversation. My name is Tom Baker. I'm joined by Jacob Seelman. Hello. And of course, to the left of Jacob is one of our special guests for the evening, Anthony Alfredo. Yeah. If, if you couldn't see by our props, we, we have our driver's apparel signaling that they're going to be here. We have a signed Anthony hat and a signed Todd hat. And a random hat sitting in the middle. It's an HMS hat. Yeah. So we're it's promoting the brand. I thought that was okay. I thought no, that was one of your HMS speed sport hat. hats. No, no, no. Um, not that we mind, but anyways, so we're promoting uh, HMS in the middle there. So a uh, little bit of table decorating going on. Anthony joining us. Uh, been on quite a bit, but um, I know you've been out of the seat or at least <laughs> race car seat for a little while. And you're anxious to get back in the truck. You're going to do so at Charlotte this week. Talk a little bit about uh, what you're feeling like going into the week and what you're expecting to have happen when you get there. What are you expecting on a Charlotte Motor Speedway? I'm really excited, first of all, just because it's obviously the backyard of of NASCAR country or NASCAR's home, I should say. So that'll be really cool because the high exposure weekend, a lot of opportunity for a young driver like myself to go have a good run, help make a name for myself and I'm obviously super excited because, like you said, I've been out of the seat for so long. It literally feels like forever. It's been about six weeks. It feels like six months. I'm sure it does. I'm, I'm really excited. You know, it's tough sitting on the sidelines watching your, your teammates or competitors get to race every week. Um, that, you know, it's tough. But don't take for granted the opportunities I do have to race, which is 13 times this year. We have 10 more races left in the truck series. Um, so I'm really excited to get to Charlotte, take advantage of that opportunity and Thankful for all my partners that helped make it possible. I think we're going to be able to go have a really strong run after our our speed at Texas. I mean, we unloaded off the truck really fast and had a top five truck there. Just our night got ended early when got into an incident early in the race. For you, if there's a positive, Anthony, I'd say that even though it's kind of a spotty start here as we get into the summer and the second half of the year, you're in the seat a lot down the stretch, which will let you finally build that consistency I know you've been looking for. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I felt after my first two races, Atlanta and Vegas. You know, you, you get to run two weeks in a row and you get a lot of momentum building and just consistency, as you mentioned. But being off this much makes it tough. But fortunately, that with the help of TRD, Toyota Racing, I've been in the simulator practicing for upcoming races and um, 
kind of limit on how much I could be in there, but when I do, just make the most of it and work with our team to get better. That's exactly what I was going to ask you, was how you've spent the last few weeks preparing and just trying, you know, keeping your skills sharp, getting ready for Charlotte. Yeah, absolutely. That That's the biggest thing is that the simulator helps with, at the very least, a visual, but it is very realistic and helps. Uh, it's the closest thing in real life you can get. So very valuable for us drivers. And aside from that, just watching film and the usual um just trying to learn as much as you can before you get to the racetrack so that you maximize your two 50-minute practice sessions, which isn't a whole lot of time. You know, it was interesting uh, at the beginning of the season when you were kind of laying out your schedule of races. I know at one point, Kansas was on that schedule. And then I think it kind of went from Kansas to let's just do our sort of home track at Charlotte. But after watching the race on Friday night that took place at Kansas, I got to believe that at least a small part of you would have loved to have been in the middle of that. Absolutely. I tweeted. I said, man, I, I hate watching this one on TV. I wish we were <laughs> out there. But that's just one of those things. Once again, you know, I can't take for granted the opportunities I do have. And as much as I wanted to be there racing, I just got to keep working hard, take advantage of the few opportunities I have so that hopefully next year we could run full time. Now, uh, that this gives us a segue to chat about Friday night a little bit, Jacob, because I mean, and, and we can, oh we can keep Anthony in this discussion as well, because to watch what ha- it was sort of one of those thrill of victory, agony of defeat moments, it was. you know, you, you really just hated to see Stuart Friesen run dry, but Oh my goodness to see Ross Chastain, and Nice Motorsports get a win. Unbelievable moment. It's one of those moments that I would imagine Anthony can say would give him hope that, you know what, maybe I can actually go do it this year. It's Absolutely. One, it's one of those moments where I, I, it's like, yes. And at the same time, it's like, ah, yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's it's just, all I can think of is the old, why will the sports throw a victory agony yeah. and defeat, you know? Yeah. Cause at, at, when, when you're sitting there gutted for Stuart Friesen, yeah. because how close have they come? How many times it's like, Al Nice just won a truck race. And literally, that's literally what I said when Ross took the checkered flag, first words out of my mouth, Al Nice just won a truck race. It's like, it, it took a minute to set in this third year team. And this is, you know, this is what the spec engine you know, the, the changes with the body right. that are coming, all the cost-cutting measures that NASCAR's put in place to try and help these teams and help level the playing field a little bit, this is what all of that was building towards. Teams like Anise Motorsports or, you know, say a Jordan Anderson or an AM Racing, some of these smaller operations being able to take the fight to the KBMs, to the GMSs of the world. And, you know, like you were saying a minute ago, and I'm sure, Anthony, you'll attest to this, that that is the moment kind of that takes a driver like yourself and goes, hey, maybe we can do this. Yeah, no, it really does. Just being in the right place at the right time, I guess, is part of it. But, you know, you still have to – the way I look at it is obviously that's how races occur sometimes, and that's what makes them exciting. Some yeah. people didn't expect that. If you saw the pit stop when you're supposed to take four tires, you, yeah. you kind of suspect he wasn't going right. to make it the rest of the way. But that made it exciting and fun to watch from a Not fan for him. perspective. <laughs> yeah, but, but for a fan. And then to see Ross win, you know, a yeah. fan favorite for a lot of people too, Absolutely. is really exciting. So that's one of those things was it wasn't sheer luck he won that race. I mean, they were fast enough to run with him. And honestly, I think he was about to get by him before he got extremely loose off of two and had an incredible oh, oh save. I was going to say, I was, I was going to bring that up and ask you, okay, you've driven these trucks. Okay. 
not rate, easy. Rate that, uh, what, what Ross yeah, Chastain rate, rate, did, rate that save. How hard is that to save a truck that's that out of control? That was a 10 out of 10. It was very impressive. And to be able, like, I would have thought the rear tires were shot after that. And he drove <laughs> right back to him there and, and eventually won the race, obviously, when he ran out of fuel. But I thought uh, before that, uh, that he was just going to drop like a rock yeah. after that. So that's what made it more impressive. Yeah, I, I just thought that was when I saw that, I'm like, oh, man, he's done, you know, and he came right back because, you you know, to be to that was nothing to me but sheer will on right. Ross Chastain's yeah. part. You know, I, I am not going to lose this race. And of course, he I don't think he probably catches Stewart. If Stewart stays in and doesn't run dry, see, I'm not, but I'm not convinced of that at all. He was on it. He was basically on his bumper when Stewart ran out of fuel, and he and was like, within a car like, length or like, two. But it, like Anthony said, he had the run coming yeah, before Stewart maybe. dropped to the apron and ran out. So I, I believe he, at the very least, and had a shot to get along. Yeah, him. that's true. I mean, yeah. you know, and that's to me, that was the moment. It's like you just. All at once, it's like, oh wow! <laughs> you know? I, I literally, it's like. I literally had to stop and ask myself if I could believe what I was watching yeah. at that moment. Well, it, look, we've talked on the show enough times about what Ross is doing with Nice, and, and and I've said that I think he's capable of winning. But you know, you go to a one and a half mile track, you figure maybe he wins a short track or does right. to go to a or mile and a half. Yeah, yeah, to go to a mile and a half and just basically outdrive everybody. We'll we'll, we'll just say, but Stuart Friesen just. For, for, for the sake, sake of, of yeah. discussion. Okay. And, and then, you know, for him to be in that situation, you gotta be in it to win, to win it. it. And right. he, he put, he's kept himself in the top four five, six, seven, almost every week. I and was, it's just unbelievable. I was going to say, there is only one man in NASCAR that's run in every race in every series this season, Ross Chastain. There's only yeah. one man who has finished in the top 10 in every truck series yep. race this season. And that's Ross Chastain. He's right there in owner points with that 45 truck. The 45 truck's now locked into the owner's playoffs, which is pretty huge. You know, that's massive for somebody like Al Nice uh, as from a budget standpoint oh, and the potential bonuses for, absolutely. for championship money, playoff money at the end of the year. I mean, that that was a seminal and a changing moment, not just for the team, but really for Ross. I mean, stop and consider where he was six months ago. Yep. On top of the world, thought he was, you know, had the, the opportunity of his life to go full-time Xfinity racing and contend for a championship, maybe win a championship with Chip Ganassi racing. The rug gets pulled right out from under him with the DC solar yep. collapse. He has to, you know, and I, 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 it pains me to say, you know, drop back and punt and go with Johnny Davis because obviously, you know, he's been a part of Johnny's team yeah. for so long. Um, but, you know, it, that is a step backwards from the kind of equipment that he was looking yeah. at with Chip Ganassi. No doubt. You know, he ends up with Nice Motorsports in a position where you would you know, even Ross admitted at the beginning of the year. He didn't think that this was going to be a championship caliber team. And yet here they are. He and Phil Gould, Phil Gould, so underrated as a crew. Team, oh, yeah, for as sure. As far as I'm for concerned. sure. That to me, yep. that pairing is truly what I feel like is the difference maker with this 45 team. Ross Chastain and Phil Gould have caught lightning in a bottle. They've made magic happen. And. As Ross said in the post-race press conference Friday night, if I'd only known now what, you know, if I'd only known back, sorry, back in December, what I know now, 
you know, he'd be running for a truck series championship hands down. No doubt. He, he said that more than once this season. We're going to step aside more with Anthony Alfredo. We've got Todd Gilliland coming up a little bit later in the program. We've also got Billy Glavin from HMS going to talk about racer safety coming up later as well. We are live from HMS Motorsport in Mooresville. We will be back with more of the Stock Car Show right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Todd Gilland, and you're listening to Race Talk on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Getting old. I'm searching yeah. for my headset. Yeah. Good. We're on remote. We well, don't wear those. We yeah, I was going to say, yeah, there's no headset. No and, headset. And good job, Randy Miller, back at the studio. Yes. For appropriate foreshadowing because uh, Anthony Alfredo, we're not going to tell the whole story now, but uh, Anthony Alfredo's <laughs> sports buddy just brought us back from break. <laughs> Who's that? 
Todd. You weren't. No, pay- you weren't. Yeah, yeah, you were Todd. paying attention. No, I was, but I couldn't. Yeah, I, Todd's, I couldn't Todd's coming up. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it was Techno Todd. As techno we call Todd. Him. He'll be here in a minute. Yeah, he'll be here in a little bit. And uh, yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's a story. Trust me, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, he Todd was playing tackle basketball. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that later. Welcome yeah. back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, and it's we are live from us. HMS yes. Motorsport um, here in Mooresville, and we're happy to to be here. Uh, Billy Glavin going to join us after a while to talk racer safety. We do have Todd Gillen coming up. Uh, Jacob Seelman is with me. Chris Murdoch back there behind us, punching all the video buttons and kind of helping Randy Miller to keep us on the air here, video and audio. Uh, of course, we're live on the Performance Motorsports Network on the audio side and on the video side on our Race Chaser Media Facebook live stream. Anthony Alfredo is here with us. Austin Langenstein off camera over there just chilling um, like a villain. Austin's always chilling. He's chilling. He's just having a good time. So uh, we've uh, we've been talking about trucks at Kansas and because it's just that was an amazing story. But, you know, we probably mean it it ought to let's let's switch from trucks for a bit to talk cup because I, you know, I figured that. Please hold while we stop and and you and I both agreed going into Saturday that it was going to take a lot to live come anywhere close to living up to Friday and you know what it did it did it was <laughs> if anybody did not like Saturday's Kansas race I'm sorry I, I don't know what you want I, I have no answer for you none zero zip nada because that was a good old fashioned one and a half mile race, one and a mile track race like we haven't seen in 20 years. That was unbelievable. It was, as one of my friends descri- <laughs> described it on Twitter, Kansadega. Kansadega. Yeah. That, I mean, it's really not that, uh, it, it's not that far away from the comparison because you you were able to get a run and drive around or underneath yeah. the driver all night long and some of those restarts my unbelievable goodness. it was I great i saw them trying to go five wide at one point well they did a couple of times they they managed the to back, make it uh, yeah down the back stretch wide. they managed to peek and do it for just a minute and then thought better of it and got back to about three yeah. before they you know, wrecked a lot of stuff. That's really unbelievable. Honestly, how that race played out. Um, you know, you, you didn't see Brad Keselowski all day. No, he was nowhere. It's like, right in there at the know, end. You know what Mike Joy used to say about Kevin Harvick, don't you? Mr. Where did he come from? And yeah. that's exactly what I felt like with Keselowski. All I did too. When he drove up to, when he drove up and passed for second and all of a sudden he's closing on the leader. I'm like, where in the Sam heck did that two car come from all of a sudden? Yep. Cause he was, he was not even in the conversation. No. In fact, none of the Penske cars were in the conversation all night, really. And then here comes Brad in the last 60 laps. It was very impressive. He and Paul Wolf found something that clicked on one of the late pit stops and they just came to the front. Justin Sullivan in our chat saying it was a great race. We agree. Um, you know, it was that, I thought the way that that played out, I mean, you, you had so many comers and goers. See, and that's what I love. I, you know, a race like that where you don't have a lot of cautions, but you have a lot of different yeah. players. Yeah. I mean, and, and really I felt like any one of about 10 guys Agreed. could have ended up winning that race. I Easily. mean, you know, yeah, it, I mean, you had Chase Elliott, you had Alex Bowman, who we certainly can talk, you know, praise all day long. Bowman. Yeah. As Brad said in victory lane, Bowman is going to win a race. There's no question. No question. And I think he probably next to Elliot right now has that 
Carr figured out yes. the best of, of the Hendrick oh, lineup. The nine, you know? Yeah, it's like I was talking about to somebody this morning. Uh, Hendrick is about half of Hendrick right now. They're like Hendra. The 9 and the 88 have it figured <laughs> out. The 24 and the 48 got work to do, kid. Well, e- even though the even though Johnson somehow finished sixth, how I'm not really sure, but he Well, Byron wasn't sixth. that bad either. Byron was up in the top 10 for a decent bit of he, it. He, at, but the, at the beginning when he, you know, after he qualified well, he was up there. He just got it. stuck at the end back in like 20th or 22nd yeah, wherever was it was couple, well he ended up a couple laps down yeah. and just could never never get yep. the, you know once you're a couple laps down unless you get a lot of cautions you're just not going to get that back but that's I, I mean i feel like kansas overall is one of the most entertaining of all the mile and a half and anthony Absolutely. you've run a couple of them would you agree with that based on what limited experience you had in the truck on some of them yeah absolutely i thought so i thought it was pretty much edgier seat excitement the whole entire time especially on restarts it didn't really get too strung out a couple times the leaders kind of the leader got away yeah but but second next thing you know second and third were battling it out you know and then there was runs to be made just like when brad ran down the 88 so there was a lot of good racing and i think it was great for the fans just you know not not a ton of strung out single file racing oh no there was side by side ray you know even if the leader got away at times there was side by side action all around the racetrack if you looked for it and i this is where i have to give fs1 credit they've had a couple weeks of very lackluster television as far as from the broadcast production standpoint but i thought they did a great job much better yeah action and using some of the different angles to to you know get across that there really is a lot of stuff going on around this racetrack and i you know i got the picture watching it from home of a lot more of that this week you know this weekend uh, you know when you look down the running order we talked about Keselowski and i yep. want to get back to Keselowski in a minute cuz there was part of his victory lane interview that's very important to note bowman becomes the first driver you know first winless driver in the history of the cup series to finish three second place finishes in a row. Yep. You had Eric Jones and Clint Boyer who both finished top five and neither one of them agreed with the other one's assessment of the final laps. There was some blocking going on. I'll take Eric Jones was correct for a hundred dollars, <laughs> Alex. I don't disagree. Although I, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if Boyer had wrecked him either, quite frankly. I mean, you know, in, in my As opinion, Tony Stewart said, you block me, you're getting wrecked. Well, you know, I hear that a lot lately. It seems like, um, you know, blocking somehow is discouraged to me, especially on the last lap. You're racing for position, right? You're you're under contract to get the best finish you can get. That means if you got to block somebody, you block. How many races at Daytona have we watched for years now where the drivers do this? Whoever's leading is doing this the entire race. Yeah. Okay. And I hear nobody complain about that. Blocking is, is as much a part of racing as anything else. If you don't like me blocking you, pass me. I don't feel like Eric Jones did anything that's out of line to Clint Boyer. I think Eric Jones did what he had to do to protect the position. If Clint wants to wreck him, 
well, that's his choice, but he can expect it back later. You know, I just yeah, figured and, Clint and needed a little uh, glass of wine and then he can settle his, down. Yeah. He had to go with his cheese, you know. So let, let's let's be clear here, too. Eric Jones was the only part of Joe Gibbs Racing I felt like that even showed up yeah. Saturday night. The rest yep. of it was awful, except for uh, Kyle Busch, who ended up four wide in contact and got shuffled back three laps down to like 30th. And that broke his... Uh, top 10 string at 11 so he was not able to pass well, morgan shepherd's he, record he also drove through an extra pit box or two and put he himself did. back and well, you no, know he had already driven back up to the lead when when all that you know before all that had right happened. but that's what so, i'm saying he, he that uh, was another bad part of his night true, true. he just uh so you know so, jimmy johnson finishing right. sixth I, we talked about yep. that and i feel like that's much needed for the 48 team they got to get something going right and jimmy was you know jimmy's not happy seeing the nine and the 88 run so much better than he is right now he's a seven-time champion yep. he expects to be running that well you had both ganassi cars and yet again kurt bush outruns his teammate kyle larson something i don't know that we thought we would be seeing a whole lot of this season but kurt's you know really really done great things with that one car and the and then the two kids back at the tail end of the top 10 that i want to give mad props to number one rookie what rookie Tyler Reddick finishes top 10 and looked like a threat for as high as third. He did well. His second he did real well. start ever. Yep. He looked good. Intermediate track. Outran both of his full-time teammates. In impressive job for Reddick. I mean, see, I've said he, I felt like he was the real deal, and I'm believing it now after that run at Kansas. And then Chris Busher and JTG Doherty among the top 10 virtually all night long. It seemed like about lap 80 he got there. And he stayed, stayed there, there yep. and, and got a great top 10 out of it. You know, Stenhouse was strong and actually made a pass for the lead at one point during the late stages of that race that was ballsy, to say the least. <laughs> Three wide. You could say that. Um, you know, Kevin Harvick shot it, you know, got kind of shot in the foot and ended up pinned a lap down for a yep. while. And, you know, the, what really unraveled his race was the piece of debris that made him think a tire was yep. going down that didn't you know wasn't going down so he leads triple digit laps and is unable to convert that victory and you know like we were talking about where was the rest of jgr and team penske logano was a lap down in 15th truex was nowhere in 19th denny hamlin was a lap down i mean 16th you know a lot of the guys that we thought were going to be real power players in this race weren't but again were a lot of pleasant surprises i was gonna say it's what i love about this package because you you've had more of that variety at yes. the front of the field over the last several weeks than what we've seen in the past i yeah. think i think it was a phenomenal race and um looking forward i'm hoping that that carries over into Charlotte. Now, yes, when we talk about night, the all-star race, whole the, different yeah, deal, but it's, it's you know, the beginning of the gen seven, we hope. Yeah. Um, now I know Rand Randy's going to yell at me and I'm going to push the, I'm going to push the clock here for just a minute. You can, before we go to break, I want to make it a point to circle back to Brad Keselowski and just how much utter class was in his post-race interview on the front stretch. You know, his first thoughts after that race were not about the win, about himself, about his team, but about the guy who gave him his first, you know, one of his first opportunities in NASCAR. And it lets us uh, pay a nod to the late Mike Mittler. who yes. Passed away Friday, right on you know, Friday afternoon before the truck series race, 301 truck starts as an owner, never won, came close twice on the dirt at Eldora with Bobby Pierce, but guys like Carl Edwards, Jamie McMurray, Regan Smith, Keselowski himself, 
you know, some of these names we might never have heard of getting to the Cup Series if not for Mike Mittler believing in them, mentoring them. And, you know, I give Brad so much credit for taking the time to recognize the contributions of a guy who literally turned our, you know, turned the sport in a way on its head just by taking the time to help others beyond just what his own team was doing. Not to mention the equipment that he built that so many teams are using now. Yeah, Mittler equipment. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mike, I I had the pleasure of of meeting and talking with Mike several times over the last uh, couple of years, and he, they're just, I'll never meet a nicer gentleman. I'll never meet more of a gentleman. And I don't know that I'll ever meet anyone who was quite as passionate about utilizing what he had to help younger drivers get a break when they needed it at much less expense, I might add, than a lot of the other teams do. And so it was a a great situation for so many young drivers to have been able to go through that team. The Donahue brothers, Dawson Cram. Yes. um, Gosh, we could go down the list all day. We're going to miss Mike Mittler dearly in this sport. Uh, We'll have more with Anthony Alfredo. We got Todd Gilliland coming up. We also have uh, Billy Glavin from HMS coming up. More with the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport from HMS Motorsport after this. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. 
What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. You know, I think he's going to be in the truck race on Friday, or at least attempt to qualify. I haven't looked to see how many trucks are on the entry list. But. Well, I I talked with Austin a couple of weeks ago, and I think he actually um, may have something else lined up in the near future as Hello. well um, that would be more of a car in an upper level series than um than a truck oh, so we'll have to see um, I dig it. he was not specific but um one can hope because austin's another racer yes. who deserves the opportunity hey can i offer some good news before we get back to we love to good news and then we need to get back to talking yes, to pasta over yes, here we do um good good news for the racing industry it is official. J-Ski has relaunched in its yes, original Yes, how cool is that? Today. Yeah, it's that's, back. you know, and it, it's cool for me to, to see that because at, you know, about the same time that I relaunched my original radio show from back in the early 90s as yep. a podcast, um, now we get uh, J-Ski relaunching. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, everything old can be new again, except me, apparently, but... Um, <laughs> But because I, I certainly don't feel as young as I did when I was originally doing that show. But, um, yeah, definitely the um, I, I think that the um, Jayski that Jayski coming back is to me is just amazing. Honestly, right. I can't even I would have never guessed that would happen. But for those who aren't familiar with Jayski, um, Jayski dot com started out. Gosh, it had to be 15, 20 it- years ago. Um, either 99 or 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Close to 20 years ago started out as it was the rumors site. It was where you went for all the gossip and Jay's Jay, the the gentleman's name who started the site name is Jay um, nicknamed Jay ski, I believe. So that's where it started. He had a mole inside of the NASCAR garage. To this day, nobody knows to, who it is. To this day, nobody knows who that mole is. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it was, Jayski sold the site originally, I think, to Yahoo. And then ESPN, ESPN. bought 
that the yeah. whole thing. Um, they, ESPN killed it a couple months ago, but sold the URL back, and they're in the process of bringing all the old pages back, everything as it was before. Yeah, so, so or um, close to as it was. So Jayski is back. So if you if if you want to know what's going on, go to jayski.com. I mean, it's it's a little different, I think, nowadays yeah, because you have so many other sources for things. But boy, back when Jayski started. I mean, there were teams that, that were mad yes. because he, he still, broke a lot of stories that weren't supposed yes, to break. There are still teams that are mad because he breaks some stories yeah. that weren't supposed to be broke. So we're happy yes. to see yes. Jayski back. So, Anthony, awesome. you're going to Charlotte this week. Um, and we talked earlier about kind of what do you expect. But going forward, where are we going to see you race? Because you've still got what? eight or 10 races yeah, to go. 10, I think, right. Yeah. I've in your schedule yet left. So, which is awesome. Obviously I wish it was, uh, however many more truck races are left. I think it's 16 or 17, but, uh, the, no, that the next 10 will be awesome. We're running just about all the mile and a half, except for Kansas and Kentucky. So, and that's by design because you're yes. trying to get the experience on that, on the mile and a half. Right? Yeah, yeah. So what was big for me was obviously, Moving up, getting the experience on the bigger tracks. I couldn't run Daytona. I wasn't old enough and approved at the time. Mm -hmm. So now I can run Talladega later this year, which will be awesome. That'll be my first plate race. And then I will go to Gateway and ISM Raceway in Phoenix as my two go. short tracks are kind of short tracks. Shorter. Yeah, shorter. Yeah, so tracks. it'll be a lot of fun. And, and like you mentioned, tr strategically chose those races. And obviously the mile and a half racing is the toughest, the hardest to learn, the air. There's so many factors. So it, as long as this season goes well, and obviously in a perfect world, if we can come out in 2020 with a full-time ride in, the, in, you know, I'll be ready to You've tackle it. You found out kind of how tough that air could be, right? Um, a few weeks ago in your last race. Um, can you talk about, for those who are listening, can you kind of describe what happened there from a driver's point of view? Because I don't think a lot of the fans quite realize just how violent the air can be around the, the cars or the trucks sometimes and until they see the in-car camera, and then you kind of get that sense. But what happened there from a driver's point of view? So what happened was I was inside of the 52, and we drove down to turn one. And what also doesn't help at Texas is one and two, since they redid the track, is extremely flat. So that makes it even more challenging because you don't have the help of the banking to turn but when you have someone on your outside specifically at your right rear they pull all your side force away which is needed to to turn and that's in that's in all race vehicles but especially the trucks because the trucks are the most aero dependent out of all the the they're more aero dependent than the cars are just because of the, the way the bodies are the way they're built so the first thing that happens that is why it's so difficult to pass until this the new cup packages kind of help group the people together is when you're behind somebody you have less air on the front end helping you turn so it's extremely hard to pass now so wants to go straight yes or so push that's what happens when there's no air on okay. the front of the truck or car well now when you take air off the side of the car or truck it gets extremely loose because the side force is what helps plant it and turn so when you take that away it just sucks you around and the and the biggest thing with what happened at Texas was the 52 actually entered the corner with a run. And when he came to my outside, he pulled all that air off at once. Wow. So it actually turned it like just him passing me, turn the truck and just, just spun me right out without even touching. You were just along for the ride. Yeah. And then you were a fireball after that. 
Yeah. That was, that was not the fun part. No, that was not. The whole thing wasn't fun. The whole fun, thing wasn't but fun, it, but that was really not fun. Yeah, and Texas is so fast, and we were very competitive there. We had great speed, so it was unfortunate for our day to get ended early. But as you mentioned, we at first I thought you know, I knew it was going to be a hard hit because mm. I ended up backing into the wall, so yeah. it spun me out. But when I hit, it actually bent the left rear truck arm and cut the bottom of the oil tank off. Ooh. So all five gallons of oil caught on fire. And when the left <laughs> slapped the wall and knocked the engine loose and the fuel caught on fire because the fuel line broke. So there was just a massive ball of fire. And there was a lot of funny tweets like burnt pasta and hot sauce <laughs> and all this stuff that I had to laugh at that <laughs> night. But burnt I was just pasta. glad that uh, we got out of there and oh, yeah. head to Charlotte and race. Yeah. Wow. So uh, you've done three mile and a half <laughs> races so far. Of the three, I, and, you know, Charlotte going to be a different mile and a half style-wise than any of the three you've run already. But is there anything from any of the three tracks that you can take into Charlotte and utilize even a little bit? Yeah, I would say I did get to run Atlanta, so I've experienced the quad oval and not having an apron like Kansas or Las Vegas to go down on. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, just grass up, and it's kind of a weird arc you carry through there. Um, but the difference with Charlotte is the corners are a lot sharper there, so that aero dependency i was speaking of before with the front end working when you're behind somebody or not working when you're behind Mm -hmm. somebody is going to be amplified and i think they are to my knowledge adding the substance back down again the sticky the sticky stuff vht whatever you want to call it and the tire dragon for the top half of the track which seemed to have helped the truck race last year because when you're looking for that clean air you can move up and i think that'll help all three races these coming weeks did you test it charlotte we did you did okay so you at least have some experience, I guess, more by yourself as opposed to being with a ton of trucks, but you at least have some familiarity with the track. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm very comfortable and confident heading there to, to get up to speed, know where I need to be as far as line-wise and what we need for speed and stuff. It'll be way different than when we test it as far as temperature and how mm. much that track changes. But I think, like you said, the biggest thing is not being around other trucks. Every time you get to race, that's been the toughest mm-hmm. thing for me this year is not only just the seat time, being in the truck every week, and, and not being able to test much or anything like that, but racing, right? Because right. I've only got to race three races, and that's the only time you get to race are those 200 laps or whatever it is, right? And that's the only time you're going to be able to experience all those, all the way the, the way the air works in any situation and such, as right. I mentioned before. So you just got to try to learn as much as you can when you can, and that's what I've been doing. It's a quasi-home race for you, too, because you don't get, you don't get loud enough in New England anymore where you're originally from, so you're going to school down here and you know basically in your backyard yeah absolutely and and you know the the very tremendous the very uh, tragic events that happened at unc charlotte last week in our final week of school i'll be carrying a logo with the 49er mm-hmm. strong logo charlotte strong logo on the truck this week on the quarter panel so that'll be meaningful for me because obviously my education for me that that's a that's a community outside of the, the racing community right. that i'm a part of and I want to show support for all my classmates. Absolutely. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't say our thoughts and prayers continue to be with the whole UNC Charlotte Niners. Absolutely. For, uh, you know, the tragedy that happened. And it's been, you know, we, not just you, Anthony, but there, you know, there's a bunch of the NASCAR garage area that's either graduated out of UNCC or is still going to school at UNCC. So it's been, 
you know, as, as Anthony said, really, you know, really uplifting to see the whole school and see the garage area that was affected band together the way they have the last few weeks. Well, and I want to add that uh, thoughts and prayers are with everybody in Colorado as well, yes. um, because that too was much of this yeah, way too much of it going on. It's a sad world that we live in these days, and we just try to do our best here with what we can do to make everybody smile and have a good time for a couple of hours a few times a week. We're going to take a break. When we come back, yeah, Billy Glavin going to join us and talk racer safety. So all of you racers in the audience or team members, buckle up and get ready for this. Uh, We're going to talk racer safety. We're going to keep Anthony around, Todd Gillowin coming up as well. More of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport from HMS Motorsport right after this. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in, you need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Zane Smith, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. This is the final Stock Car Show, but don't worry about that because we are uh, not going anywhere. We're just changing the name. Next week, this will be known as Lead Lap. We are at HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville, North Carolina. HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. We've got Billy Glavin from HMS here to join us and talk about 
a really important part of racer safety and one that I think is drastically underserved by the uh, racers or underappreciated. And we're going to talk about fireproof underwear, and we're going to specifically talk about the Wallero brand that HMS sells. And this is not a promo for promo's sake. We're going to talk about an actual study that was done, and all of you racers here in the audience need to pay real close attention to this. Billy? Yeah, so if you guys have listened to the show before, you know I've, I've come on and preached how under your fire suit you either need to wear nothing or all Nomex. Um, too often we see guys in, in Under Armour shirts or cut-off T-shirts, just regular cotton, and we've talked about the dangers of that. But as a recap, um, cotton will hold water close to your body, so if you do get in a fire, that water will steam and melt off and you'll get a steam burn. If you wear Under Armour under your suit or anything like that, polyester-based, that stuff will actually melt, which is even worse than a steam burn. Um, but a lot of people don't wear it, especially in stock car racing, especially in the southeast in the summer when it's hot and everyone complains that wearing the full underwear plus the suit is just too hot. Um, the Wallero brand that we sell um, commissioned a study uh, in the U.K. Uh, in a simulator. Um, where they took a British touring car driver. So British touring car is like kind of like their version of IMSA over there. It's right. huge. Um, it's all sedan. It's all road course racing. Um, very tightly regulated. Very, you know, it's real racing. Um, so this guy, Jack Mitchell, uh, was put in the simulator in his car, a version of his car in the simulator. They controlled the cockpit temperature, which another thing that's crazy about Europe is in Europe, they controlled the temperature of the cockpit as part of, race tech and race scrutineering. So this really scrutineering has a live feed of the cockpit temp at up in the booth. And if you go over, I believe it's 90 degrees Fahrenheit, they will black flag the car in the wow. whole cockpit, not just the driver, but the cockpit. So you have to run windows up, air conditioning, and they take it. Air cheap. conditioning. <laughs> okay. They take, they take, sounds nice. Can yeah, we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, you know, Man, we're it's 130 in yeah. our stuff. And wearing all those layers, it gets hot. Yeah, so who's the crazy one? Us or them, yeah. right? So yeah. anyways, but that that's what they race over there. And that's how they, they, will, they will park the car and tell you to fix it. And if you can't get it under temp, no more racing for you. You're done for the day. Wow. Um, so anyway, so they put, they put Jack in this simulator two different days. First day he wore uh, his fire suit, and then under his fire suit he wore um, a representative brand. Um, the brand is unnamed, but you know, a mid-range level uh, set of, uh, of underwear, pants, uh, shirt, and balaclava. He did 60 laps continuous. They read his inner ear temperature the whole time through his earbuds because that's another thing that they control over there. That's amazing. They read inner ear, and at the end of that. And then the next day or a couple of days later, they brought him back. They did the same exact circuit, same exact car, everything the same, same measurements, the whole thing. And after the 60 lap run in the first test, his body temperature had raised 2.88 degrees Fahrenheit from his resting temperature. This is again in a 90 degree cockpit. So it went up almost three degrees, almost three degrees. through the run from his resting yes. temperature in a 60 lap run on day one, on day one. with the normal brand normal of underwear. Yes. Okay, fireproof the second underwear. day or the next day, he did the same run, and it only raised a degree. With Willero. With Willero. The only thing that was... Two-degree difference. ...was the pants, the shirt, and the balaclava with Willero. Everything else in the car was the exact same. Wow. Not only that, his average heart rate went from 808 beats per minute in the first run with the standard underwear to 100 beats per minute. 
for over the 60 minute. Left. So eight beats per minute. In a wow. Only by changing his underwear. That's amazing. And then in terms of weight loss due to sweat in the first stint, he did. He lost 1.1 pounds of water weight. That weight was weighed before the, the stint and then weighed after. In the second um, test with the Wallero again, he lost 0.66 pounds. So his wow. fluid ro- drop was phenomenal. This was only one out and in a 90-degree cockpit. So now extrapolate that out to four hours in a 130-degree cockpit. You're talking a big change. And that's all you all by just changing to the Wallero brand of underwear. Now, what is it before we, because Anthony is going to provide some backup here, but what is it about the Wallero that makes it different from so all the it other? It uses the same fire rated fabric that like uh, um, any other suit would use. The biggest challenge, the biggest difference is they put this stuff called Outlast in it. And Outlast was developed actually by NASA uh, back in the space uh, program. Because astronauts in space go through big temperature cycles. So when they're orbiting the Earth, they're in the sun for 20 minutes. They go very fast, obviously. And they're in the sun for 20 minutes, get really hot. And then they go to the dark side of their planet, and they get really cold really quick. So they needed some way to control those temperature cycles. And so they developed this fabric. And what this fabric is, you can kind of think of it like a wax. So as your body heats up, it will melt the wax that's in the fabric, and that will pull the heat away from your body. But unlike your sweat, in normally where you know when you sweat and it evaporates off and it just leaves you, now the heat is trapped in that wax. So as your body now cools down naturally because of the sweat loss, it will actually start to put that heat back in your body. So instead oh, wow. of going through a big peak and valley, you know you get hot, you sweat, then you get too cold because you sweat it all off, then you get hot again, then you get it kind of levels you out and it kind of holds you at a more steady core body temperature so it's almost like a circular motion in a way it pulls it away from you and then when you need it it gives it, it back. Gives it back so instead of wow. your body get too hot sweating too much and then um getting too cold too quick and then sweating more and then getting cold and then sweating more it kind of holds you steady so your body can adapt and can stay you know at a, a more reasonable heart rate and a more reasonable uh sweat rate so that you're not overworking yourself in the car Okay, Anthony. So you, uh, we talked about your fire at Texas in the last segment, um, and you had said that uh, you can provide some backup for some of this. Uh, what can you tell us about your experience with the Wallero and 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 uh, how it worked for you? Well, so far it's worked great. I've worn it every race this year, and obviously this, this was the first year you guys started uh, having the product available, and I've been able to try, it, and I've loved it so far. I haven't worn regular Nomex or anything like that under my fire suit anymore, but the Wallero. And I think it's definitely helped me. I've haven't been able to wear like a heart rate monitor while I'm in the car, but I'm sure I'd be interested to see yeah, those yeah, changes, absolutely. especially throughout a race. So, I mean, I think it, it's been beneficial to me all race long. And as you mentioned in the fire, it held up and so did all my gear. I actually get everything that I wear fi- fire suit, shoes, Hans, helmet, gloves and seat belts everything comes from here at hms motorsports fortunate to have it right nearby See? here so <laughs> all that stuff held up great and uh, obviously like most importantly the stuff that's on your body it that is you know so you don't get burned or anything like that yeah i just i you know i understand i think why especially younger drivers they want to wear that under armor stuff because it's, it's fashionable and whatever it's probably it more comfortable than out, the right but it, it doesn't work good in the fire you don't want to you don't want to melt it 
Right. You don't want that stuff melted to your fortunately, skin. Fortunately, fires are relatively rare in motorsports now, not like they were 20, 30 years ago. But, but why take the chance? But they still happen, and why take the chance? Yeah, I mean, you can't get back in the car after a fire. I always hit the reset button. I've always said that that safety is the the one thing you do not skimp on. I don't care if you're a bomber racer or a modified racer or a cup racer or whatever. You don't skimp on safety well, to buy a set other of tires. Thing that you don't skimp on too is, and a lot of people is the performance side of this, right? Like right. If you're not comfortable in the car, if you don't have good fitting gear, if your belts don't fit you right, if your helmet doesn't fit you right, you're never going to be able to go as fast as you can possibly go if you're thinking about all this other stuff, right? Even if you're not even directly thinking about it, even if you're just subconsciously, man, it's really hot in here. Yeah. Or wow, I've been in here a long time. When's this race going to be over? You can't be putting. 10 tenths on the on the on the lap when you're thinking about that how many laps are left i gotta get out of this place it's hot i gotta get some more water i can't get enough like you know my shoes are tight my gloves are too big mm-hmm. when i'm moving in the steering wheel i can feel myself moving in the seat i mean all that stuff we spend racers as racers we all spend hours countless hours dialing in the setup dialing in the body you know weighing it out but the thing that gets overlooked a lot in the world, especially at the lower levels, and even to some extent the pro levels, is the person actually pressing the pedals. Um, and the ergonomic. Yeah, the ergonomics of it, Out. the safety of it, You know, how do the belts fit, are you moving around in your seat, um, is, are you hitting a roll cage with your head as you bounce around the track? I mean, all that stuff, after a while, adds up, and you're never going to be able to put you know time on the field. If you're thinking yep. about all this stuff working, yeah. using the seat to hold yourself in while you're, you're going into the corner. And, and that's completely true. You're not going to be able to perform at your peak, obviously, if none of that stuff's right. And, and it doesn't involve all those things being wrong. It's just one one of, yeah. them, one of them is enough to, to mess you up. And most importantly, if something does go wrong or something does happen, you need to be right. Because I obviously I wouldn't have expected what happened at Texas to happen. Right. And it's not... I guess it's kind of is one of those things. Sometimes you're kind of like, oh, not me, you know, whatever. Yeah. But fortunately, you know, working with you guys and stuff, I knew or I was prepared for the worst and kind of the worst pretty much happened. Right. right? But I was ready for it and and, you know, it was fine. And, and all my gear held up good because so I didn't skimp you, on any Before of it. that event, had you practiced in the pits or back at the shop getting out of the car with your eyes closed? Yeah. So I, I always have the same. Every time I get out of the truck, I, I do the same thing. So really, when I had wrecked. All I had to do was do the same thing at a faster pace, obviously. Yeah, I, I did right. the same from, you know, belts, radio plug, win, or actually winter net first. Winter yep. net, belts, radio plug, out. And sometimes you forget the radio plug. It's not a big deal because it'll, it'll just come. break off. Yeah, come, but it's yeah. just like out of habit, I got it. And the guys were like, dang, you even got your radio <laughs> plug because like, no one does that. But I'm like, it's just, I just have, you know, because I had run through right, it in my head right. before. That's smart. Now, does NASCAR... Do they check that? Like, is that a paddock test that you have to do at some point in your career? Not that I have experienced. Oh, really? Okay. Because I know, like IMSA, they'll do that. We're going to step aside. We'll talk more on the other side with Billy and with Anthony. we got Todd Gilliland coming up as well. More of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport from right here in HMS Motorsport in Mooresville right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing 
circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leader in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com or if you happen to be anywhere near Danvers, Massachusetts or here in Mooresville, North Carolina, they're right here. Uh, We're uh, happy to be back live from HMS and for the second time this year doing a a live remote. And of course, this is a big weekend for everybody um, with all of the activities in Charlotte kicking off the all-star race this coming weekend. And of course, uh, the Coca-Cola 600 uh, finishing everything off next Sunday, a week from Sunday. Billy Glavin with HMS Motorsport has joined us and we've been talking about fireproof underwear and if if you missed the last segment, please go back on the post-race replay on our Facebook Live. Please go back and replay it. Um, in fact, we'll we'll cut the segment out of the the show and and put it uh, put it across on our social media. You can just uh, watch it. It is if you're a race car driver, you need to understand these things. I see so many racers in t-shirts, in Under Armour, all of those things, and you know it's it. it safety is critical and you say, well, it'll never happen to me. Well, you know, I don't think Anthony Alfredo expected to catch fire at Texas. He caught fire at Texas and you were glad you had all of that safety gear on when it happened. Right. Absolutely. And, and this, the scariest part about wrecking at a mile and a half and stuff where Texas, you know, top speeds are 195 miles per hour. And first of all, we were, I think we were running fifth or sixth when we wrecked. So number one, your giant ball fire, and the entire field's coming. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't quite jump out right away, but you got to be able to get out as fast as possible and, and have the right gear for the situation and stuff. So it's not, you know, you're not wrecking for a couple seconds. It's it, it's quite a right. long time that you're, 
kind of trapped in the fire or, or whatever. Maybe you know, maybe you're rolling over in dirt racing or something, anything like that. You need to be prepared for the worst. God forbid it does happen. Yep, we got Todd Gellowin coming up in a minute. But before uh, before we let Billy Glavin go, I just want to go through a, a little bit of uh, a bullet point kind of deal, just because we do have a lot of drivers and team members that listen to this and watch these shows. Um, helmets. Okay. We've talked about helmets before. Um, it's not only important that you get the most expensive, most stylish helmet you can afford for your budget. No. It's way more important that you get the correct helmet right. and that it fits right. Can you give us a minute or two about sure. why helmet fitment is so important? Yeah. So, so obviously for driver comfort is one. I mean, if you have a helmet that's too small, even if it's the lightest, greatest helmet and you put that thing on and you dread putting it on because you know, you're going to get a headache after 20 minutes. That's not the right helmet. for you. Um, or if you go and you want the most expensive helmet and it just doesn't fit your head. Um, you know, the helmet manufacturers do a pretty good job trying to fit, all helmet head types that they can, but some people just don't fit in a certain brand. And some people fit great in a steel. Some people fit great in a rye. Some people, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. So the biggest thing is to get it to fit right. Is to be comfortable. You want it snug, um, about as snug as you would wear a baseball cap, um, like a fitted baseball cap. Um, that's going to really protect your forehead. That's where most of the main work is done of a helmet, and and in the cheek area. Um, we like to tell people that you should feel like you're almost eating your gums. See, yeah, that's uh, what I was thinking too. Because the jaw is where a lot of concussions are generated. So if your helmet gets moving around, um, you have a potential for your jaw to, to slam up into the upper teeth and, and then um, cause a concussion. So you really want to have it nice and snug in the cheeks. When you put a helmet on that fits right and the visor's open and you move it around, it should move the skin of your forehead. So if you can move your helmet around and your skin and your face stay the same, it's too big. Um, again, you don't want to have a headache. You should be able to wear it. You know, we like to get people when they come into the showroom here to try on a helmet. We like to get them fitted. And then we tell them, go, you know, sit in the corner, look at your emails, you know, with the helmet on. Spend some time, make sure it's going to fit, make sure it's going to be comfortable. Um, but those are the biggest things there. And then, you know, obviously you don't want it too, too big as Right. You don't want it sloppy. Um, the other thing that we see a lot of is you got to get your chin strap on. I was just going to say. You got to get your chin strap tight. Um, it should be at the back of your throat. It shouldn't be up at the front. Um, and it should be it should be down and it should be tight. Um, we have seen in sled testing and in other incidences where helmets have ended up, you know, in the in the yep. floorboard. Now, luckily, the people have been fine. But you'd be amazed at how hard. A helmet can come off you know with the hans device it's even more or any head neck restraint which they're loading up that helmet um obviously that's not going to do anything if your helmet comes off yeah um, i was going to ask too because uh, you know there's a lot of obviously quarter midgets go-karts uh bandoleros where you got really really small kids and really really small heads and i've not, seen their heads are not as small as you think well the point i was going to make is i've seen over the years, a number of times where you just know that the helmet that that child is wearing is too big because one, it's sloppy and I've seen them fly off yeah. when they hit something. Okay. So if you've got a, a tiny one at five or six and they're starting, are there special things that yes. they need to? So there are youth size helmets um, and there are carding helmets. If you're, if your children are doing uh, any cart or any type of racing that doesn't require or doesn't have seatbelts. 
Um, obviously, any kind of race car, like a legend car, bandolero that has a seatbelt, you should have your child in, in a helmet that can take right. neck restraint. Um, the biggest difference between a racing hel- a motor racing helmet and a karting helmet, there's two big differences. One is a racing helmet will be fireproof interior, and a karting helmet will not. And a karting helmet will not have a provision or the ability to accept a head and neck restraint. The shell okay. itself doesn't have enough reinforcement in it. But the benefit of a karting helmet for people without... Um, belts and a, and a supportive seat is a carding helmet is lighter. Um, but if you're running a quarter midget, legend car, you know, outlaw car. Anything any, but a cart. Yeah, like that, where you have belts and you're belted right. into the car, you should be wearing a head and neck restraint. Um, believe it or not, children's heads are actually not as small as you think. So we have a couple box stocks here that uh, a couple of the guys that work here, their kids run, and they started running them at five, six, and they actually fit into their dad's helmet. Oh wow! Um, so your head doesn't—that probably actually... would have been the case for me. My head is a melon. <laughs> yeah. So your heads actually don't grow as much as you as you think over yeah. your, your lifetime. Um, so these kids were fitting in 57, 58 centimeter helmets, which are you know we consider our small or medium sized helmet. Um, and yeah, they're a little heavy for them. But again, with the head neck restraint in a seat, the the added benefit of running the head neck restraint in a proper motorsports helmet over a motorcycle helmet. Or carding helmet in a in a race car in which you're belted in that the weight benefit is not worth it versus running the head neck restraint right and you just can't drill out a carding helmet and put it on uh, an anchor uh, yeah it will just pull right out of the side of the helmet it won't do anything yeah so again it's important to not just go order safety stuff understand the safety stuff that you're ordering and make sure it's the right safety equipment for the type of racing you're doing and, and for you both size wise, but you know, there's some stuff you can order online, shoes, gloves, right. Stuff like that. But when it comes to a seat helmet, head neck restraint, pretty good idea to find a local store and go try it on, see how it's going to fit. Because the last thing you want to do is get to the race, you know, order something on Monday, get to the race, put it on. It doesn't fit then you're either going to be thinking about it or you're just not going to wear it. And right. That's even worse. Yeah. I mean, and there, we could literally spend the entire rest of the show sort of connecting dots between, well, you know, let's talk about roll bar padding now and where you should be padding the inside sure. of your car. And if you don't have the correct belts and the right size Hans or, or head and neck restraint and you pull forward and you're going to hit that, make sure you roll, you know, there's there, it's almost like to me, um, a game of connect the dots. You need everything to be right in order to have the least amount of chance that you're going right. to end up with a concussion or worse. And, you know, to me, you, you get one shot at this. You've got one brain and one body. You know, and a lot of the, the, the older drivers, well, actually, every race car driver has a family and they would like to keep you healthy. So don't skip on safety. That's just ridiculous. Um, one, the last topic I want to touch on just real quick in this segment is I want to talk a little bit about suits because I see people racing at these tracks and some of them are 20 year old suits with stains, oil stains on them. Right. Right. I, again, in, in talk about the safety aspect of that and why sure. it is so important to make sure that you um, so it, keep up with recent, your suit. Yeah, until recently, uh, there's two safety standards for suits. There's F- SFI, which has multiple levels of safety from a single-layer SFI suit all the way up to, like, the 20-layer suits that the top fuel guys wear. And then there's also the FIA. Um, and the FIA actually just this year 
has put in an expiration date on its suits 10 years from good manufacture good um and it's always been prior to that you know it's always been kind of a scrutineering deal um you know like they'll look at it and if it's soiled ripped torn they they won't pass you but we all know that's not really true um but yeah obviously you shouldn't be out there changing the gear in your fire suit you know because if you get gear oil on you or you get if you're fueling the car in the suit that you're actually wearing for the yeah. race and you spill fuel, now you're getting into a race car with race with fuel on you. I mean, it's just it, it's stuff like that. So you want to keep your suits clean. Um, there are special soaps out there that are designed for Nomex and uh, type material that will actually help remove some of the oils, mainly the oils from your sweat, not like oil from an engine. Um, but to keep that material working the way it's designed to work, um, obviously the more stuff that's on it, that's not supposed to be on it, the less effective it's going to be at, at stopping the fire. Um, you know, if you get a rip in your suit, even if it's a brand new suit and you get a rip in the leg, you got to get it fixed. Um, there are ways to fix it properly. And then there are some ways that are not, I mean, cause they, if you look at like a NASCAR driver or any of the top level drivers, all that embroidery you see on a suit will actually be no mix thread. Yeah. Um, because anytime you're puncturing through the, the suit, you're compromising the fire safety. So if you stitch it up with a regular thread, now you've just introduced an area in which the fire can get in. Um, you know, and you just got to think of it that way. How can the fire get into this suit? If I got a hole in it, you know, cause I yep. crawled under the car, fire can get in. It's just, uh, you know, again, we, we need, there are so many topics we could cover here. We just don't have the time to do that. Um, I will say this head and neck restraints, another area, they're not one size fits all and they're not one brand fits all no. different situations require different restraints. So, um, if anyone has a question about what they should be wearing, how they should be doing things, Give the folks at HMS Motorsport a call. I know Billy and Joe and the staff well enough to know, even if you're not, even if you don't buy something from them, they want to make sure that you're safe. They want all racers to be safe. Um, so they will recommend the very best product for you, whether they sell it or not. So HMS Motorsport, the leaders of motorsport safety, Billy Glavin, thanks for taking the Absolutely. time to no help problem. the racers stay safer. Back with more after this, Todd Gilliland joins us in the next segment. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. 
Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. This is Anthony Alfredo, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Okay, we totally did that backwards. Well, you know, whatever works. <laughs> we, we had Techno Todd re-entry for Anthony earlier, and now we just had Anthony Anthony's re-entry, re-entry right for, Todd. for Todd. Well, you know, that's kind of how things work here. Yeah, Something teamwork. Like teamwork Te- makes teamwork, the dream work. You beat me to it. Doggone it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Stock Car Show again. For those who pay attention every week, this will be the final edition of the Stock Car Show. It's getting a name change for next week. We're gonna they, it'll be lead lap after this. Um, but we are live tonight from the uh location in Mooresville of HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And if you missed the last two safety segments uh that you we did with lot. Billy Glavin, you missed a lot. Don't worry, we'll uh We'll, we'll put them on social media tomorrow for you on the Race Chaser social media. But also, uh, you can just go back to the Facebook Live after the show is over and uh, and check them out as well. Todd Gilliland joining us uh, for the first time in a while in studio, so to speak. Um, we're happy to have Todd back. It's always good to talk with. We had Todd's voice after he won the ARCA race. We, we did. have Todd. So a formal congratulations on a, a nice win in the ARCA race. And I know you're getting set to go and run Charlotte just like Anthony is. And you're coming off one of your best performances of the year really in the in, in the truck at Kansas. And we're really psyched for that. Hopefully that win is right around the corner for you. Yeah, I sure hope so. Um, you know, that's definitely a big confidence booster. And uh, we've been really struggling in the trucks on the truck side uh, you know, over the past month or so. And uh, just to get back into contention, just restarting in the you know, first two rows, it's a lot different racing up there. So, um, it's just about learning and uh, trying to get up there week after week and being more consistent. I was going to say, I imagine third probably felt like a win given everything you guys have been through in the first couple months of the season, just to have at least some positive momentum finally going for you. Absolutely. Uh, I've wrecked a lot and finished bad, qualified bad. So, um, you know, just felt really good to turn it around, qualified fifth and finished third. So uh, just a solid weekend and, um, you know, felt good to, uh, get on the good side of things with uh, micro chief mark Sergeant. you've been doing this a couple years now um i it feels to me like the truck series is more competitive this year than it's ever been do you get that same sense i feel like when we show up to the racetrack there's about 12 or 13 yeah. cars that can trucks that can win every week so uh, i feel like we were talking about it the other day that is a little bit more competitive than 
um, some other times, you know, one team had a clear advantage versus the other. But now I feel like, like I said, you can go there and, and anyone can win. And it's just about who can bring the, the best stuff week in, week out. Go ahead. Are you surprised? Well, yeah, I'll word it like that. Are, are you surprised given what we saw and what we've seen through the first six, seven races of the year that the field has been as deep as it's been? I, I, I feel like we expected it to be competitive, but I don't know that even I would have predicted going into this year that you would be scratching and clawing just, you know, just to get into the playoff picture here, you know, at this juncture of the season. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we definitely didn't think it'd be this hard, but with the bad runs we've had, I mean, it, it really shouldn't be this hard. You know, right. we put ourselves in this position and um, we still have a lot of races left to go. So um, with only two truck series guys going for points, have won races so far. So that's kind of the good thing about Kyle Busch running, you know, four <laughs> in a row. He won all four, right. basically every <laughs> stage. So yeah. uh, really the points are still really close. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's about just from here on out kind of capitalizing on it and uh, hope we can go out and beat Kyle this weekend. I was going to say, that is the obvious question, knowing it's your last shot to race against the boss this season coming Friday night. How do you beat him? That's a lot easier <laughs> said than done, but, uh, you know, he's really been pretty good in the trucks this year, obviously. Um, you know, won all four races he's been in. and Understatement alert. Makes it look so easy, and, uh, you know, it's not to us. I mean, we still have a lot to learn, obviously, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's always fun just to listen to him and uh, even if we're getting beat by him, um, you can kind of take in a little bit and make us all better. He was giving you a little bit of a push maybe at the beginning of the season, and I know both you and Harrison, as the full time drivers, have been leaning on him as much as you could. What you know, what kind of things do you do you guys try to learn from Kyle or, or you know lean on him for over the course of a race weekend when he's racing in the field as well and able to kind of give you guys feedback. I think uh, I just really listen to how he breaks down his truck and uh, how it's driving and how to make it better because I feel like he's one of the only guys out there that could basically crew chief and get race winning speed out of any vehicle he's in. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's what makes him really good is to jump from one car to another and um, have speed in every single one of them. So uh, that's something unique about him that kind of elevates him. Has he been on your radio at all the last couple races? No, uh, but he's always texting on my crew chief, mm-hmm. and um, you know if he comes on with something kind of out of the blue, I right. kind of have an idea. <laughs> it's from Kyle, so uh, still definitely really involved. What's that driver crew chief relationship been like this year? I know you know you and Marcus have some races under your belt together, but you know it seems like kind of building maybe in a little bit different direction than we were used to seeing from you guys this year. Uh, I feel like last year we were good and we were mm-hmm. um, clicking off good finishes, but. Um, me and him really weren't that close. Like we kind of just talk about racing, and that was it. So over the off season, we got to hang out a lot, and uh, you know, really become a lot closer. Mm-hmm. So I think that's helped us a lot, even through the bad times this year. We've been able to talk about it, uh, be kind of honest with ourselves and each other, and um, I think it gives us a, a lot of confidence in each other. I'm gonna. Well, I, I was gonna see if pasta was over there somewhere so that we could harass you todd because uh we 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 got a little tip here off the top when anthony uh came in and sat down and we quickly realized that perhaps basketball was uh 
Not something very, about I, full yeah, contact basketball. Yeah, something, yeah, tackle something basketball. Tackle basketball. Where, where, where did that come from? You tried to take him out or something. We beat him. Literally, it seems like you beat him. Oh, come on. <laughs> a big bandage on There's a bunch of his skin and leg hair, though, on the bolt in the gym. So that was kind of disturbing. That is way more information than I think I really needed gross, to know. TMI. still came away with the win. <laughs> wow. Drivers so, are competitive even when they're yeah, not in race cars. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, not sure that uh, basketball is supposed to have that much contact, oh, but yeah. uh, now um, I know obviously this year has been for the most part a real challenge for you, but um, what is your confidence going into Charlotte now coming off that first good run finally from Kansas? I think it's uh higher than it has been, obviously, probably over the last year total. So uh, just getting the win in the ARCA race, and it seems like things in general are starting to go better um, as a team, and I think just in general. So uh, that feels really good, and you know, we just need to keep uh, bringing it to the racetrack. It's not easy to make the adjustment to a, a national series. I mean, I think people sometimes, you know, certain people come in and they're great right away, but, you know, for somebody like yourself, I mean, you've been doing this a long time, but you also haven't been doing it a long time. I mean, th these things are not, you know, not easy to drive. Um, what's been the biggest challenge this year for you? Do you think through this sort of first, uh, handful of races or so that, that you, you, what's been the biggest reason for the struggle? Do you think, can you put your finger on it? I think just communication. Um, you know, I've worked with the same group of guys basically my whole life before the last two years. So just a big, uh, kind of reality check big difference um obviously going to a big company like kbm is different than sure. my dad's company so uh a little bit different people uh different surroundings but uh, overall you just gotta be able to communicate and, and tell everyone what you need from uh, the stuff you're driving and i uh, just didn't do a very good job of that last year so uh, we're working on it every week and that's awesome uh, getting into the future but i definitely didn't think it would be this hard either we were talking about this earlier, just kind of how crazy from the eye test that race Friday night at Kansas looked with all the, the position changes and, you know, maybe not quite the extent of comers and goers that we saw in the cup race Saturday night, but it still looked pretty wild from your driver's seat. You know, how, how much management and how chaotic was it out there? Just especially some of the restarts looked pretty crazy. Yeah, the restarts were uh, definitely really crazy. I feel like that's how it is. Most truck races on mile and a half, um, and Kansas is a really cool place for that because you can run from top yeah. to bottom. So, uh, I think that was just the most fun I've ever had in a mile and a half by far. Um, we we're all running right up by the wall, and uh, if you got on someone's left rear, loosen them up just enough to where you could get by them. So, uh, still a lot of passing. Uh, had to be really aggressive on restarts, and uh, you know, still a lot of positions to be made up there, and you gotta in those positions more and more often to uh, be able to get better on. So going from Kansas to Charlotte for, for somebody who hasn't been in the driver's seat, take us through the differences between what you're coming off of experiencing at Kansas to what you guys will experience Friday night at Charlotte. Well, Kansas is uh, a bigger track. It feels like uh, they're both mile and a half, but Kansas is a lot wider and um, kind of more sweeping. So uh, coming to Charlotte, They've uh, got PJ1 down on basically everywhere but the very bottom groove. So it's going to have a lot of grip, but the track is still really narrow. So I think you'll see a lot of people running up high by the wall or at least in the middle. So hopefully that allows us to uh, move around and 
hopefully get by each other a little bit easier. I was going to say, are, are you a fan of the, the traction compound? Does that bo- you know bother you one way or the other? I'm a fan of multiple lanes. You know, places like Texas, it, it's always fun. Um, you know, just kind of more of a mind game, I think, in mm-hmm. my opinion. You just have to be right behind them and kind of force them into a mistake where some of these places where you can move around and, and get by them, if you have the better truck, it's a lot easier. So I like that. Well, that works. And with that, we're going to step aside more with Todd Gilliland. We've still got Anthony Alfredo here as well, talking motorsports from HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Back with more of the Stock Car Show right after this. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette it's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. 
Cole Custer bringing us back out of our break. And uh, Cole certainly going to be a contender in next weekend's Xfinity Series race at uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Always a lot of fun on a Saturday of Coca-Cola 600 weekend. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders of motorsport safety. I'm Tom Baker. Jacob Seelman is with me as well. We've got uh, Chris Burdock behind us running all the video equipment and uh, back in the studio, uh, which is just about five minutes away from here. We've got Randy Miller punching all the audio buttons. I was going to say, I'm glad we finally mentioned Randy. Yes. He's he's probably back there feeling lonely and left out. Well, and and, uh, just to further that, uh, Randy he debuted, uh, relaunched his Inside Pass show on our air uh, on Wednesday from our studio, I should say, last Wednesday night uh, from 8 to 9 Eastern on Wednesday nights now. If you go to the Inside Pass on Facebook um, or go to Spreaker, you can listen to it. Um, and, uh, that's a, it was fun to do that show with Randy really enjoyed it. We had uh, Nick DeGroot from motorsport.com on and just had a lot of fun talking racing. That's every Wednesday night from eight to nine. Um, and so happy to, 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 uh, have Randy doing that again. So we have Todd Gilliland. We do. And we have Todd Gilliland and we also have clarification from a discussion in our last segment. Uh, Hey, pasta. Come back. Come yeah. back. I, I, I want you to explain this because if I see, try to, I'll screw it up. If if, if you missed the last segment, yeah. see, there's, a, you know, a, yeah, yeah, just, just right there. Yeah. Yeah, because Todd's tall. Todd has like blood everywhere. Todd has about a. And instead of utilizing that height, he just tries to like tackle you playing basketball. I'm like, you can literally stuff me every time. You don't even try. And then there's where we were playing, there's no padding up yet behind the uh, behind like behind the hoop on the wall. So the electrical uh, like the metal pipes that hold the, the cables for all the electrical lines you know, stick out, right? Yeah. So when Todd decides to tackle me because he thought we were playing football, I guess, I flew in, like flew against the wall and one of the brackets holding the pipe to the wall the screw sliced my knee open. And I was just gushing. And, and at first it was one of those things where like, it kind of hurt, but I didn't really realize what happened. I was just like, got up and I'm like, oh my gosh. I go just like in my shoe by the time I walked to like get a paper towel to get the blood. And we went back and the screw had like literally a huge chunk of skin in it and everything. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. Yeah. So sorry for that graphic really image. Any good at just basketball. had to put it in perspective. So, yeah, so so now Todd is saying Anthony's no good at basketball. No, good oh, you're not good. Okay. Neither of us. Neither, oh, I I'm see. Okay. Better, but we're, but I'm still bad. Okay, that's false. But <laughs> <laughs> all right. So so let's. Uh, I'm going to give Jacob a chance here because I know you're dying to talk to them for a minute. So well, I I just want I just wanted to make the point that. Wait, you know, Anthony was back there when we were talking about this with Todd before, and Todd looked at me point blank, and he says, my team won. That's all that matters. And you said, no, Max won. Yeah, well, his, his team yeah. won. Todd yeah. said, I won. I said, yeah. team no. won. Because Max McLaughlin pretty much carried Todd. But that's not, that's not throwing shade at Todd because Austin Hill carried me because I'm not good either. <laughs> it was basically Max versus Austin and Todd we're were just kind of like we we're kind of in the way, honestly. Wait, 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 wait a minute. So, we're like so lap let's draw this picture. Okay. 
So Todd is like basketball height. Okay. Max McLaughlin, not so much. Okay. He's not, he's, he's, but he's, 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 yeah, he's got, okay. And you're saying Austin Hill carried you now, you know, we know Austin and we've seen Austin and Austin is kind of a linebacker. I mean, you know, and so Austin carried you and you're much more uh, sort of basketball sized, I think, than he would be, although he could sort of be a Shaq type, I suppose. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He can drive. So be, yeah, he, he's got so much height and he's just so big. <laughs> he just plows through people and, and drives to the basket. So but I'm not a good deep shooter. Like I have a horrible shot. So I would drive when there was an open open lane, and that was about the only shots I could make. I made like <laughs> one deep shot, but Austin could do both, so that was helpful. But they did have a w- good comeback. I think it was like twenty two fifteen with like two minutes left, and they came back and won it. So that was impressive. I'll give them that. What racers do when they're not on the track? They play basketball. But it, but it helps us on the track because it's exercise. There you go. <laughs> it, uh, until it's all fun and games, till a kneecap gets blown out yeah. or something. Yeah, yep. that's yeah, that's that's not good. Ask Denny Hamlin about that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And uh, by the way, Sam Johnson just jumped into our chat. I thought you'd like to know that your buddy Sam from open wheel fame. That's well adding to the Toyota theme of the night, I guess we'll say. Yeah. One of the Toyota family of drivers. Good to see uh, Sam again. Um, Viewers do we have on here? Well, that that's not because it's shared all over. So you only see what's there until like, you go to all the other sites it's shared to and add them up. But uh, yeah, we we uh, we average about a quarter of a million listeners a month really? for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you're behind the times. Our Thursday show that we have is actually we're over we're over a million a week on that one. Holy yeah, God. worldwide syndicated. Nice. Yep, yep. Serious XM and all. We're growing, man. Just like you, we're not quite we're not growing quite as quickly as you did, but we're getting there. This is the part where if if his mother's listening, she goes, "Yeah, I tried to put a brick on his head. That didn't work." Try, <laughs> try, and I've I've heard his mom Michelle say as much a few times. It's one of those he just kept growing <laughs> and growing and growing. Yeah, a little bit. It was bad for a while when you know I was still like. 15 or 15 years old and I was taller than her and she was trying to like <laughs> yell at me and stuff but she still got the point across yeah oh you're never too big to be no that's alright so if if we're continuing the competitive theme Friday night Charlotte you two in theory racing for the win hopefully that's actually what happens if you're in second on the last lap within reach of his bumper, what do you do? Me okay. Neither of us have won, have won a truck race yet, so I think both of us would do just about anything, especially with how close Todd came twice and basically got robbed of wins. So I, I know oh, yeah. you, you might even have even more of an eager edge. You know, would to, you move to pull it? some crazy oh, yeah. stuff? <laughs> we're both there. To, we're, we're all there. That's to win, our job. So Just like the, Tom said earlier, right? Your your it's the last your lap. Job is to get to get Absolutely. the best finish. Here's what I think is so. funny about that scenario because you drive for Todd's dad, and you're saying, "Oh, I'd fence him in a heartbeat." Yeah, we're that would hold on. Let's let's consider that for a moment because how would that go down? Like, would David be mad at me, or because? He wants his son to win so bad, or to be really proud that his team just got their first. Pick. I think he would probably. It pref- might be fifty-fifty. It might be right down. I think I heard it said so, it, somewhere a while back. 
I'd probably prefer you just sort of move him <laughs> as opposed to fencing him. Um, you know, if you moved him, he'd probably be happy. If you fence him, that might, that might detract for a little bit. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, that's, I think, I think it's interesting. The, the, the play that you two have with each other because of that fact that, you know, you're actually driving for separate teams and yet there's, you know, obviously still a great connection between the two of you. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's fun to, to see, the way that you guys have both progressed. And I feel like, you know, your, your win is coming at any moment. And I, and I do believe that you can get a win before the end of the season, for sure. I mean, whether it's going to be at Charlotte or not, obviously, cause you, you know, you would agree, right. You still got a lot to learn, but as we saw last week with Ross Chastain, you never know situations can happen. Anything's possible folks. Exactly. Yeah. Especially when, you know, you're talking watermelons, right? I mean, that's a, that's a, a big part of Ross Chastain's success. All those watermelons he eats. Ross is not, Ross didn't come in tonight. We got to get Ross back on the show. We'll get him to bring some watermelon. You can have some watermelon. Leighton Sabeel, uh joining our chat. Happy to have Leighton. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. If Leighton just joined our chat, Leighton can put yank on the Ross chain and get us some watermelon. He's over there at JD Motorsports. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Leighton, come on, man. We we want Ross Chastain. Next time we're here at HMS, we need to get these two back, get Ross in here. We'll we'll really have some fun. Just let them talk to each other. We'll just we'll just walk away. That would just the conversation between them alone would be great, great radio. <laughs> right. Oh goodness. We, maybe if we're lucky, Ross will smash a watermelon on camera like he did in Victory Lane. There you go. <laughs> I even got to ride with Ross before the race. No oh no yeah. kidding. Qualified fifth and sixth, I got to that's what it see. That's what that's what it was. He won because he got to ride with you. That's right. <laughs> Good luck. I'll ride by myself next. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrate in victory lane. Something right. like that. We rode together at Texas or Vegas. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I wrecked on like lap three. Ouch. Yep. Yeah, that that, that was not was good. good <laughs> I don't know, because then I wrecked like yeah, <laughs> beginning of stage no two. But to be fair, I made it about halfway. Yeah. So yeah. And you're running good. For for you, Todd, don't you know, I know there's still a lot of time, but from from a confidence standpoint, from a team standpoint, as you're chasing that win and knowing that not many truck regulars have won yet this season. How important is it as a team to go out and try and get that win as early as you can so you don't have to stress it as you get down the stretch towards the end of that regular season? Yeah, it's very important. Uh, just especially with the positions we've been in over the last you know, year and then even this year a little bit. Um, it just beats down the team and everyone. You know, when you're that close to getting a win, everyone works so hard, you know. Um, you know, they're there five, six days a week and uh, then go race on the weekend. So, um, you know, their girlfriends and wives, everything, uh, everyone sacrifices a lot. So uh, just when it slips away, it hurts me, but it hurts everyone. So just to get that one will, uh, you know, get everything rolling, I think. And you knew exactly what Stuart Friesen was feeling the other night, didn't you? Because you had that happen at Texas last fall. Absolutely. That's a really bad feeling. And, uh, you know, for him, he was the fastest truck all weekend. He was fastest in both practices. He was, he led like right away at the beginning, he qualified ninth. He blew by me in the first corner. So, um, it was cool to be able to make my truck that much better and, and race with him at the end. But, 
right when he ran out of gas, I was like, man, it kind of sucks. But <laughs> it's racing that happens. Right. Yours might have been even worse though, because he was like, he was three, three laps short. He ran out right at the line, but yeah. you were literally a about to go lap. into turn yeah. three, like almost less than half a lap. Oh, yeah, fun. I was going to say, I don't think he needed you to remind him of that one. But of course you did anyways. We're going to take our, <laughs> we're going to take a final break here. Uh, we will have our lightning round final segment, you know, have some, have some more fun with these two before we're done. More of the stock car show presented by HMS Motorsport from HMS Motorsport when we come back. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Cody Connor, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Blues Hour. 
Uh, broadcasting live from HMS Motorsport here in Mooresville, North Carolina. It's the Stock Car Show. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Chris Murdoch is behind us, and Randy Miller back in the studio manning the controls from there. And we this is our lightning round. We've got both Anthony Alfredo and Todd Gilliland on set for this. And this is where things could get quite dangerous, depending on how we handled this. But my first question to either of you before we start firing lightning round questions at you. And I'll, I'll ask both of you this, but either of you can answer. Um, we've got several satellite events coming up in the next week around the races at Charlotte. The um, Obviously, the Speed 51 Open coming up at Millbridge Speedway. We've got the Little 600 at GoPro Motorplex. I, I don't think either one of you are going to be racing anything in Millbridge, but are either of you doing the Little 600 at GoPro Motorplex? plan on it right now um what day is it i think it's next tuesday i'll probably go out there and watch but uh there's always a lot of cool people out there and a lot of fans for sure. have you have you ever have you done any racing out there i'm sure probably plenty right oh yeah we're always out of gopro and um we just recently got our own carts uh, so those are a lot faster they're a lot of fun uh but we also like to just go out in the rental carts we just went out there in the rain the other day and um race around a bunch of our buddies and you know nothing more fun than that Okay, Alfredo, uh, I know you've probably been to GoPro a number of times. You ever raced in the rain? No, I've never been there in the rain yet, unfortunately, because it looks like it's a lot of fun. So, uh, unfortunately, I also won't be there Tuesday for the race. I'd love to be there or at least go watch because I did get to run uh, one of the endurance races there. It was Martin Trix Jr. Foundation race, and those are always a lot of fun. Great turnout and for great causes. So, wish it could be there, but fortunately not. You're going on a family vacation, right, after uh, the weekend? Yes, yes, for the first time in quite a while, so that'll be really nice. We've only been on, like, I think two family vacations, like, our whole family in my whole life, and one of them I was super little, so it'll be really nice, especially after my whole family comes down to, for the race, and it'll just, you know, with me not living at home and my brother sister older and moved out and doing their own thing, it would be really nice for us all to spend valuable family time together. So no disrespect to either of these two drivers, but I'm going to tell you what the most fun part of the little 600 at GoPro is, is the spotters race that they do every year. Because that race, Tom, you, you were there one year for it, is probably as competitive, if not more competitive than any of the drivers. Yeah, it, it is. And I mean, obviously you guys both have spotters um, and some of those spotters are ex-racers. So, you know, you get them in a, they're still in a very competitive environment and we could actually throw a question to the both of you about the role that your spotters play on the track. Because again, I don't think a lot of the fans who've never, you know, been to a race and kind of observed that point of view, but I mean, without the spotters, you guys would be in trouble at some tracks because that, that is almost as difficult as driving. Have either of you spotted at all? I've never spotted. Me either. But, okay. Uh, I'd be lost at every track without my spotter. So he's kind of like the leader once you get out in the race. And, um, you know, your crew chief kind of tries to talk less and less on the radio and just relay all the information to your spotter. And then the spotter tells the driver. So he's kind of like the leader, uh, you know, putting all together throughout the race. I mean, we're seeing three and four and five wide, like we saw at Kansas last week. How does the spotter tell you four wide? Or, or how, does, how does that get relayed? Like, good luck? Or... <laughs> Yeah, I've I've had both. I've had 
I've had just like almost silence because they were like, I don't know if they were scared or they just didn't want to overwhelm me. Right. Sometimes, you know, that is, that does make you kind of like freak out as a driver, I guess. But actually at Texas, right before the wreck, we were four wide down the back stretch and I had Kevin Hamlin spotting and it was the most chill, intense moment of my life. He's just three wide around the top, four wide still on the top. And I'm like, wait, what? We're four wide right now on the top? Like, and then, and we raised it. And then we raised three wide for an entire lap still. But it was just like, he's so calm. And that helps as a driver tremendously just because, or at least for me, just because you can kind of, you have so much going on in the car. Last thing you need is someone else's voice overwhelming you or, or, or just kind of making you panic of certain situations. So him staying calm kind of helped me stay calm. I know that you've probably never had your dad spot for you, but I know you have. So what's it? I mean, how does that, cause sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. How was your dad with you? Cause obviously your dad is a great racer, but that doesn't always translate to spotting your kid. Yeah. He was probably just good enough as a spotter to, <laughs> to spot us through a canine season and then he retired. So <laughs> yeah, he got a championship as a spotter. So that's kind of cool. And in, in the canine series. So, um, you know, he was a really good coach. He, he did exactly what we needed to, to keep me calm. Uh, obviously that's, he's probably the guy that knows me best and, you know, knows what works for me and doesn't. So, and like I said, he, he had his moments as a bad spotter and a good spotter, but uh, a great coach. So let's be clear here, by the way, this KBM young gun, let his dad spot for him more than once. His teammate, on the other hand, I believe let his dad spot for him exactly once. And Harrison said, oh. nope, <laughs> enough of that. Okay. So you're talking about, but you're talking about Jeff Burton, yes. not, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Harrison did not let David Gillen spot. You're yes. talking about his dad, Jeff. Yes. Yeah. I can, I can imagine that Jeff Burton would be a little too talkative on the mic. I, I'm just thinking that that's probably a lot of the problem is, you know, he, yeah, he wanted to, uh, he, he wanted to describe too much of the race. It's like, but dad, I'm back in 10th. Stop talking about the race for fifth. I'm dead back here in 10th. Hello. Um, but, uh, I can, now here's what would be interesting is, and we're having fun with this folks, for those of you who are, uh, but Ward Burton as a spotter. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't be, uh, you'd be all clear by the time he got four wide out. I think. <laughs> four wide. Yeah, he would, he would probably be really calm until somebody did something to you. And then, yeah. you know, and probably turn had something to shoot through the window. Yeah. <laughs> something I could have shot through the window. Yeah. Uh, and he has trouble with the phrase skid steer loader. Just want you to know if you haven't seen that video on YouTube, go look it up. It's one of the funniest commercial attempts you'll ever hear in your entire life. And I promise you, you will listen to it over and over and over because it's a classic. Speaking of drivers and television, I just had a thought because not this weekend, but next weekend, the uh, Fox drivers only broadcast is back with the Xfinity series race at Charlotte. So, Here's a here's a question for either or both of you. Would either of you be interested in in you know at some point taking a stab at the drivers only deal for television? You know my answer, buddy. Absolutely. I I've, I've announced one or two races with you guys. I announced a cars tour race. Yep. That stuff is actually so fun. It's it's I don't know. It's a different perspective in the booth seeing a race, and it's also kind of fun being a driver and knowing maybe what some something 
that might be going on in someone's head or a, a situation they're in, and it kind of helps. And as a fan, for me, listening to the All Drivers broadcast they did last year, mm-hmm. I thought it was exciting because, oh, yeah. number one, it was fun and funny at times, but I also thought they have a, a different perspective to share. And they're, right. They're not only, like, you know, Dale Jr., Jeff Gordon, they just retired. They're fresh out of the car, and these guys are, are still in the car, so it's really fun and, and is really interesting for a fan. Todd? Absolutely. I'm I'm such a big race fan. Um, I watch every race, so might as well do it with uh, right. a bunch of your buddies. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the cool thing in the trucks right now is that it's basically our whole friend group. It's everyone we hang out with is who we race against. Oh, God. I'm sure that's how, you know, it is when you move up. So I'm having uh, visions right now of Team Toyota doing a driver's-only oh, truck right. broadcast between well, the – I know. I can do one. I can do one. When can I? When can I go up in the booth with MW and the boys? I could totally get up there. I was gonna. You that would be fun. You've got a couple races that that you're not uh, in the truck still this year. Shoot, we might have to lobby FS1 for that. I agree. I think because I'll tell you what. You know, the first first media you did was with me calling the race at uh, Myrtle Beach there a few years back, and you did a really great job in that one. It was your first time. I'm sure. When you called the cars race, even better because you'd done it. You kind of knew what to expect. I think you'd be great. I think you'd be a lot of fun too, Todd. I think that would be what we would be fun is to get you and your dad together oh and go gosh, do. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think that would be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I still, for some reason, every time I think of you and your dad in like an interview together is last year when you couldn't run. At Daytona, and your dad's like, I'll keep the seat warm for you, or something. It was staged, and Todd was like, Who's gonna drive it in the beginning of the year? And then David pops in the frame. I'm no rookie. Rookie. Wow. This guy. Yeah, I'd say there was some bad script writing involved in that one. Never. So I'm not sure how it would have worked here, by the way, but thought for next time we get you in our building you need to bring winston Win- see winston will steal winston will steal all the camera spotlight absolutely you're looking at me like you don't get it i don't winston the 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 golden retriever puppy that he got at talladega last year when he had pedigree on the oh, Win- winston's the shop yes. winston's the shop dog see I know that okay oh, yeah right. well everyone walks in there and loves winston well, cool. who, who wouldn't love dogs. a puppy? Everyone's everybody loves dogs. Even though you know that's one of those deals where you know you could have a really off night, but as long as Winston's sitting there, everybody oh, would yeah. still pay attention. I'm pretty sure it's my dad's favorite son. So that, <laughs> level, you, you've been relegated to second. Is that how that works? Um, well, it's been great to have both of you on the program. And before we have to scoot here in about one minute. Uh, who you want to thank who helps you make everything happen. I got to thank all my partners, obviously my family and supporters. So it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun this year and we still got a lot of racing left. So thankful for all of them. Seco building systems, steel Smith, friends of Jacqueline foundation, Oxford energy group, McCann shop North JRF and a whole lot more that are behind the scenes. And most importantly, the race team and my guys who work so hard. We need to get you back on as soon as we can talk more about Friends of Jacqueline because you've been doing some amazing work with that. Todd, how about you? Uh, everyone at KBL, KBM mostly. Um, you know, been through some rough patches like we talked about, but um, you know, hopefully coming off Kansas with a strong one, we can get the momentum rolling and 
um, you'll get all of our uh, great partners back in Victory Lane. Okay, so we're going to Charlotte on Friday. In one word, describe what you think the racing's going to be like. Exciting. Great. <laughs> <laughs> great is very subjective. I'm going to give it back to you so you can take us out. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll do that and also reference that he stole that one word from his boss. Everything's great. <laughs> and we're, that's going to do it for this edition of the Stock Car Show. The final edition labeled the Stock Car Show from right here at HMS Motorsport. Uh, we want to thank Joe Marco and Billy Glav and Austin Langenstein, all the staff here at HMS for opening the building up to us again. And uh, as well, thanks, of course, to Anthony and Todd for coming and having some fun with us on this show tonight. Also, thanks to our partners at Strut masters.com and mycomputercareer.edu for what they do to make everything we do at race chaser radio possible so for tom baker chris murdoch randy miller back at the studio i'm jacob seelman keep it off the wall folks and if you're headed to a racetrack somewhere we might just see you there have a safe racing weekend good night you've been listening to the stock car show on the performance motorsports network stay tuned to performance motorsports network for more race talk for the latest motorsports news visit racechaseronline.com the stock car show is a copyrighted production of the performance motorsports network www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com a member of the scorpion radio group incorporated and may not be rebroadcast replicated or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of pmn check out our facebook page or our section on the pmn website the opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.